A dozen leading electronic health record vendors recently came together at a summit hosted by research firm Class and agreed on setting metrics to assess the interoperability of their products to securely exchange health information. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Kent Gale, founder of Class who will explain why this development is potentially significant for the evolution of secure and interoperable health information exchange. So now, Kent, for starters, what exactly did these vendors agree to do? Well, the vendors feel like it would be valuable to collaborate and unify themselves around an approach to improve interoperability rapidly so we don't have to depend on the government to set the rules and the guidelines. It would be better for the private sector to do that, and gathering the group together was a way to proactively take that step. So now, why is this agreement among the EHR vendors potentially important for the development and evolution of secure and interoperable health information exchange? As you know and as the rest of us in the industry know, we can go from one doctor's office to another and they have independent records of our health experience and they may treat problems not knowing someone else is already treating that problem. So we want to make care better and to do that we need to exchange the records and you bring up the the status of a secure message And that came up right at the beginning of our conversation. We want to exchange information, but the worst thing we could do is do it in an insecure way and create a breach, if you would, of these records that are being exchanged. And kind of to set the stage, uh, once the records are exchanged securely, the most important thing is that the physicians and clinicians have the information they need to take good care of the patients. And that needs to speed up. It's been years that we've had point-to-point connections for specific lab results and things like that. But now's the time to expand that, to have access to absolutely anything the physician needs to care for the patient. So, Kent, in terms of the vendors ensuring that data from their products can be securely exchanged, how might that be measured? We started by teeing up the fact that if there were measurements, they had to be ones the vendors agreed with rather than fought with. And so there was a team of, we called them the Fantastic Four, composed of Mickey Trapathy, John Halamka, Daniel Nigren, and Stan Huff. And they took the challenge to build a, a metric and started from scratch. And these four gentlemen built a metric that they thought was worth serving as a straw man, if you would, a straw person. And they brought this before the 12 vendors, and the 12 vendors proceeded to beat it up until it resembled what they wanted in a measurement. And that measurement was aimed at understanding, in the end, how much the exchange of information was actually helping the physician provide better care. Rather than keeping track of how many of something that happened, the question was, how much did it actually help when this data was exchanged. So what's in that measurement? So the measurement is made up specifically of 11 questions, and each question is around a use case. So you you can multiply that out. So if there are three or four use cases with 11 questions around each one, that's 44 different answers. Some of the answers have a a different diameter on it. So you actually have, if you would, instead of 
two-pronged question that becomes a three-pronged question. So it turns out to be over 50 different data points that get captured. And let me just read one of the questions that kind of helps set the tone for this. And it really brings about a sense of how well this is going to cover the base. Let me actually read it for you. Within the above use cases, how impactful is the use of available patient data? And so it's bringing about how useful was this data that you've actually shared. And it gives a range of answers from never to nearly always appropriate lose by clinicians with great benefit to patient care. So you have a range of six different answers. And the last one is this is a terrific help to the physician. And that's on question 11. But it takes a number of questions to get to that point. But that's an example of one that really is aimed at how much is this helping the clinician. So in terms of the measurements, would they include compliance to various standards or methods for securely exchanging data? And if so, what sorts of standards or methods? Let me just state at the beginning of the summit, it was agreed that these messages have to operate within a a very well-defined secure process or standard, or it couldn't even be considered. And so rather than say they had that, whether these transactions operate within the secure standards, it was assumed that that would have to be the case before this even started. Now, once you're beyond the, the fact that they're going to be secure as they exchange data, the next question is, how good is the data being exchanged? Could the measures for EHR interoperability potentially meet or go beyond what's required, for instance, in the Office of the National Coordinator for Health IT in its recently issued final rule for 2015 edition of software certification? Well, it's interesting because, as you know, the rules around software certification allow whoever is providing the software to demonstrate that they pass a certification level. And one of the challenges is there's hundreds right now of EHRs that have been certified. That's a blessing to those EHR vendors that they all get to be in the pool. It's kind of a curse to providers if you buy one of the the vendors and it's been certified, but soon after that, the vendor can't sustain a business operation because the market's so shallow, then you've bought a product that's going to die on you. And so certification from that perspective, even if it meets a standard of the government, doesn't validate that it's going to still be in business. So, yes, I think the focus of this is to make sure that it always has to meet the standards as they're set up. Would the EHR interoperability measures potentially map with what's laid out by ONC in its recently released 10-year interoperability roadmap? Obviously, the measurements that they're laying out are early generalized statements to be refined as the ONC moves forward. Uh, we've been uh, blessed and privileged to talk to the ONC at some, to some extent about this. Uh, also, we've talked to some of the senatorial staffs that are focused on how we measure some of this uh, in terms of the money that's been spent in this segment of the industry to get to a state of interoperability. And we've also explored this with other uh, government agencies, if you would. And the real question is, how do we have a measurement that solves the problem of understanding how we are improving interoperability. This straw man that CLASS is going to use is one that all of the agencies, all of the folks inside the federal government that have have talked to us about it, think it's a great beginning. That will not preclude the government of having their own measures that they decide to, to put in place.
And at this point, those actual measurements have not been determined, especially by the ONC. So in terms of the straw man, does it go back to what you were saying earlier about, you know, the 10 questions for various categories? In, in reality, it would be great to know what kinds of transactions are taking place. Are they direct message? Are they literally specific data fields moving from one system to another so that the physician receives them and doesn't even know that it, it actually traveled from another place and it's right inside the workflow? These kinds of transactions have never been measured in terms of the benefit they bring. So we would like to apply the, as I said, these 11 questions and come up with a measurement that says how many of the transactions are the deeper, more pure transactions versus an FTP document being exchanged. Bottom line, when it comes to the healthcare organizations who buy and use these EHR products, how could these metrics for EHR interoperability help those healthcare organizations, and how could those healthcare organizations look at those metrics to kind of figure things out? That's the real goal is to be able to have something that acts not only as a gauge but as a motivation. And so let's take the one side of this, which relates to how is interoperability progressing in our nation. That should tell us, as we interview individual provider organizations, how much progress they've made since the previous measurement, and that will tell us around the nation as a whole. Then when you look at individual vendors that are participating, and by the way, you know that it takes two to, to tango, if you would. You've got a vendor that's on the push end that pushes the data one direction or, or allows it to be pulled from their direction to the other end where the physicians or clinicians going to use it. And so what we will be able to track is those vendors that participate and help in the exchange of data, what level of exchange is taking place and how many of their customers are at what level. So in the aggregate, it should be able to demonstrate which vendors are deeply involved and how successful their customer base is. So, Kent, what comes next? Starting in January, we intend to have the study launched where we will go out and interview hundreds and hundreds of provider organizations from individual doctor practices all the way through large enterprise healthcare delivery systems. And uh, we're hoping within about a six-month time window to gather enough research to have our first published findings that we would share not only within the provider community but with the, with the government and other uh, agencies that would, would be interested. Thanks, Kent. I've been speaking to Kent Gale. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.